nations of the world. For I was hungry. The word for is the same word because. Are you with me? He said, because I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? I don't remember. When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say, Assuredly, I say to you, in as much as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. And he will say, also say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cast into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. And naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and you did not, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer to him, saying, Lord, when? When did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it for the least of these, you did not do it for me. And these will go into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Hallelujah. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Every student will tell you that if they can get tips for the exam that they are about to sit for, they will be so happy. How many got some tips about the exam that you were going to sit and your tips came? Oh, give me a wave. We are in church. Don't lie. I see you. You see me. So lift your hand. Otherwise, stand up fire you there. Hallelujah. The, 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 the question that will be, will be asked when the Son of Man sits in his glory, in his throne, on the judgment day has been given to us. We know the question and we know the answers. So we don't have to fail. Am I talking to somebody? He said that he will come and he will sift. No, but we know the question. We know the answer. Why are we going to fail? He says that when he comes, he will sift through. He says that you, right, you, left, you, right, you, left, you, right, you, left, you, right, you, left, you, right. Then the people, ah, why am I at the right? Somebody says, why am I at the left? Then he says, all of you are the right. You are, you've made it. All of you are the left. You didn't make it. Why? What did we do? Is it fornication? Is it uh, uh, drugs? What is it that we did? Because sometimes, you see, in, in heaven, you see some people that you never thought they should be in heaven. You didn't, want, you didn't expect them to be in heaven, but you find them in heaven and you'll be very surprised. There'll be so much surprises and shocks in heaven because of this very, very um, passage we are reading. The people you'll be looking for that you will not find there. And he says that because I was hungry, I was naked, I was sick, I was thirsty, I was in prison and you thought about me. You came to me. You helped me. You clothed me. You gave me water to drink. You visited me in prison. You gave me food to eat when I was, I was hungry. You gave me clothes to wear. So you have qualified. Hallelujah. 
And then the others will say that, when did we see you naked? If we had seen you naked, as this is the Lord himself, he's naked, we would have clothed you, we would have given you money, we would have done our best for you. And he says that, for in as much as you did not do it for one of these, my little brethren, you did not do it for me. In case you are wondering whether this is a one-off question and it's a one-off uh, examination, let's look at what a man asked Jesus in one of his uh, conversations. Put the next passage on there for me. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 12, 28 to 31. Then one of the scribes came having heard some reasoning, some, some of them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them all. Well, he asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is, the Lord is what, what? One. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, somebody say, and the second. And the second is like it, like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. The word neighbor there is others. You shall love others as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Hallelujah. Read on. Next one. Read on. We are reading on till I tell you to stop. So the scribe said to him, well said, teacher. Now, this is a, a, an intelligent, studious man. A clever man who analyzes things. He said, well said, teacher. Hmm. You have spoken the truth. For there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your soul and with all your strength, all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now Jesus saw that he answered wisely. He said to him, you are not far. Somebody say, you are not far. You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared to question him. He said, you are not far from the kingdom of God because if you can, if you can pass that question, then you have made it. So when this guy analyzed, the guy analyzed and he got the ethos and the spirit of heaven correct. Someone say the ethos and the spirit of heaven. He got it correct. Heaven has a spirit. Heaven has an ethos. If you want to be a citizen of any country, you need to understand what the country stands for and what the country represents and what is the main focus of the country. There are some countries, their main focus is to make sure that they only become, uh, they stand and everybody else, they conquer everybody. They want to be a superpower, so they'll fight everybody. So the ethos of that country is that if you are here, you have to be violent. Do you understand what I'm saying? But there's the country of heaven or the kingdom of heaven has an ethos and the ethos is others. Now, I was thinking about it, thinking about this. And then I realized that when God came on earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, he said that, come, let us make man in our own image. Put that scripture up for me. And let him, according to our own likeness. Somebody say, according to our likeness. So he says that, let us make man according to the ethos and the spirit of heaven. 
Let man have the same principle. Let man have the same wiring. Somebody say wiring. His mind must be wired like heaven's mind is wired. Am I making sense? And so he says that let them have dominion. So somebody say dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Now, the word dominion, let's read on. You let's read on. I'll come back to it. So, God created man in his own image and in the image of God created he, him male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. Somebody say, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Somebody say, subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. He said that let us make man with our spirit, our ethos, our likeness. Let man think the way we think. And then when he did that, he said that now, after we have made him like us, then give him the mandate or the dominion. The word dominion in the original language is kavash. K-A-V-A. SH, Kavash, which means to have rulership. To have rulership. But that, that word, Kavash, doesn't really do justice to it. It, it, it. it sort of answered the first part of it. But the second part of it, the, another word, the, the Hebrews have another word that they give. And that word is it's same, it sounds like kavar, but it's called radar. Somebody say radar. And that is to relate, to be, re, it's related. In other words, it literally means let them have rulership by going down and walking among them, among the subjects as equal. So, kavar means that they have dominion. They are above it. But radar means that let them walk amongst those who they rule as equal. Are you getting it? Is, is it making sense? And, and the, the word subdue means that let them have responsibility over what we have given them. So, in other words, man is a possessor of nothing but a steward of all. Are you with me? So, so everything you have is not yours. You are a caretaker of everything and a possessor of nothing. But we have changed that narrative. We have changed the... the the reading of the scripture. Let him have dominion means that let him be the boss of everything. Hallelujah. On Wednesday, I was saying that if I ask Minister Bula to come and babysit my grandchildren, and I say to Minister Bila, how much do you how much are you paid on Sunday? How much? Hundred. So I said that okay, if you are paid on a uh, hundred pounds every Sunday, I am prepared to give you three hundred pounds to come and look after my children. My grandchildren. Okay. So I I make her cancel her shift and she comes to my house. And I said to Minister Bueller, somebody give me a wallet or a purse. I think I have one in the bag. I said to Minister Bueller, take my wallet. Every credit card in the wallet 
you can use it. Hello, are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm trying to make you understand what creation is about. So, um, I give her the, the wallet. She's now, she comes into the house. She has my wallet. As soon as she has 300 pounds already in her bank account. As soon as she gets into the, the house, into my house, she goes delivery room. And she orders, she feels like Nando's. Then she feels like some Chinese. Then she orders. Then she says, I've seen some shoe in, uh, uh, what do you call it? Balenciaga. So she orders it. And then she, she gets the food. She eats, she buys expensive drinks. She drinks them. And then she says, I am tired. And she goes to, she says, that I need Netflix. So she orders Netflix. And she does that, but neglect to look after my children. And my children are, are hungry, and they are in the kitchen trying to organize the, themselves. And these are two, two and three. And they are trying to make fire as a two-year-old, and they are getting bent. Hallelujah. How many of you think that I should be very angry with Beulah when I come back? Hello? Are you understanding what I'm saying? But how did Beulah get this selfish? How did, because if I have I've made Beulah like me, and I always think about others. Listen, these grandchildren are not my responsibility. I gave birth to my children. I looked after my children. I paid their fees. I did everything for them. And they have had their own children. Why should I be looking after them? But my mind is that it's about I'm the grandfather. It's about others. It's not about me. So if it means I have to pay 300 pounds to get Beulah to come to the house, I'll do it. And I do all that. Thinking that Beulah has my mindset. And I put Beulah in my house. And she does the opposite of what I was expecting. I, I, are you hearing what I'm saying? How did she get that selfish? Genesis chapter 3. Verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any of the beasts of the fields which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruits of the trees in the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely not die. For I, God knows that in the day that you eat of this particular tree, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Knowing good and evil. So the woman saw the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise. She took the fruit and ate. And she also gave her stupid husband who also ate. Hallelujah. The spirit of heaven is about thinking about others. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. This is the first and the greatest commandment. The second is that you shall love others like you love yourself. So that if you not do, you will not harm yourself, you will not harm others. So that is the spirit of heaven. And now, Satan comes and says, 
listen, think about yourself. God knows that the day you eat of this fruit, you will become like him. And he not wanting you to become like him. He's trying to lie to you. Let's look at the nature of Satan. In Isaiah 14, verse 13, we are going to see the nature of Satan. For you, the word you, he's talking about Satan. He said that Lucifer said, For you have said in your heart, somebody said he said it in his heart. He said in his heart, I will. Somebody say, I will. You see, in two verses, there are five I wills. Just two verses. He says, I will ascend into heaven. One. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. It's about me. It's about myself. It's about I. It's about I, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. You are a devil. Anybody that has that mindset of I, I, me, is exhibiting the mind and the spirit of Satan. Because Satan, listen, God created the host of angels. And then he had three angels. Michael, he put in charge of defense. Then he put Gabriel in charge of information. Then he put Lucifer in charge of worship. And Lucifer says that I, I, I. What about Michael? What about Gabriel? Ah, to hell with Michael. To hell with Gabriel. It's all about me. Listen, the greatest, the worst person you can ever marry is a selfish person. The worst child you can ever have is a selfish child. The worst church member you can ever have is a selfish church member. The worst pastor anybody can be unfortunate to have is a selfish pastor. Listen, I don't care whether I say amen or not. I, I, I brought a whole bag of amens. And you know I'm not a nervous pastor, so even though I haven't preached for a long time, you can't intimidate me with your face. So you better smile, because I'm in your house. I'm talking about you. See, all the selfishness that you exhibit, you're exhibiting Satan's character. In 2 Timothy 3, I'm going to show you the, what selfishness does. 2 Timothy 3. Quickly, go to verse 1. But know this, someone say know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, difficult times will come, hard times will come, challenging times will come. Because, the word for means because, for men will become lovers of themselves. How many know that to love yourself is not a sin in itself? But when you love yourself, you are exhibiting Satan's nature, not God's nature. When all you are thinking about is yourself, what will inure to your benefit? What will benefit you? You know, in this uh, modern day, uh, latter day church that has come, 
All the preaching we hear, all the sermons we hear is exhibiting the nature of Satan because it's all about how we will overcome, how we will succeed, how we will dominate, how we will be blessed. Nothing about how God will use us to bless others. How we will sacrifice. But the, word, the, Christian, the Christian faith is about sacrifice. The emblem of Christianity is the cross. And the cross signifies suffering. You suffering for others to be free. Are you getting it? So if you are saying that you are a Christian and all you are thinking is how you get dominion, how you get power, how you get you be blessed, how you, you go ahead and you prosper and all that, and that is where your Christianity ends, then leave the cross alone. Because you don't represent the cross. And Jesus said that anyone that comes to me and does not take up his cross, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me, he is not worthy to follow me. Because you have the nature of Satan. How do you follow Christ? He is a shepherd of sheep, not shepherd of goats. But you see, he says that in the last days, even some, some sub-shepherds will preach goatish messages. So that they will raise goats and mix them with sheep. So when he comes, he says that I will have to sift through and say, goat, go to the left. Goat, go to the left. Sheep, go to the right. Sheep, go to the right. Because I came for sheep, not for goats. Because the kingdom that I represent is the kingdom that thinks about others. Hallelujah. For men shall be lovers of themselves. And look at the children that being selfish gives birth to. When you are a selfish person, these are your children. Number one, lovers of money. Number two, boasters. Oh, I, have you ever spoken to somebody who is always bragging? Listen, you know, I have this, I have that, I have this, I have that, I have that. Listen, young ladies, young ladies, those who are not married, this is one of the best tests you can ever test a guy. When he's talking, he's always talking about himself. He is not a good person. I wrote it in this book. It's in this book. I wrote it in this book. I wrote it in this book. That is the litmus test of who, uh, who th there's something called red flags. There's a chapter called red flags. The, one of the red flags is when he's talking about himself all the time. Who wants it? Hallelujah. Red flags. It's a very big red flag. Boasting, boasting, boasting. I have this, I have that. I, there's a tribe, there's a tribe in where I come from. There's a tribe and all they do is to talk about what they have. Even though what they don't have, they will talk about it. Even what they haven't seen, they say they have seen it. And they are talking and they are talking. And, <laughs> I don't want problems. <laughs> For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Every selfish person is always thinking about what you have been giving them. They are never grateful. They never think about others. I remember when we were young, my father always used to make a complaint about my brother. See, my, myself and my brother were like very close in age. So it's like every time we come, they buy something for him. They have to buy the same thing for me every time. And my brother will always, as soon as he gets his, the thing, he will take whatever he's wearing off. Let's say it's a brand new shirt. He will take it off and put that brand new shirt on. And then he'll wear that brand new shirt until 
Me too, when I get that brand new shirt, I go and hide it. When it's Christmas, then I'll put it on. When it's Easter, then I'll put it on. Otherwise, you won't see the shirt. So my shirt was always new. My clothes were always new because I don't wear it. Because I don't, you see, I'm always thinking about where it came from. And my father always used to complain that he's never satisfied about anything I give him. Anytime I give him, it's as if he has not, never been given anything. Always complaining, always complaining, always asking for more, always. That is a selfish child. Have a husband, always complaining. Never ever appreciating anything you do. The food, the place. This, that, that, that. Listen, it is better, the Bible says, that to live in the corner of a rooftop than to live with a contentious woman who would never keep her mouth shut. Always, always, always going. The people are I'm settling quarrels in people's homes as I'm preaching. <laughs> it's better. It's better to be outside. You see, there are some people when they finish work, they don't come home. They'll drive around. They'll drive. Even if the uh, useless errands. Oh, yes, I'll go and do it because it is better. Over time, any useless errand you send me. Because I'd rather be out than be in this house with this human being. No, give me the list of the children of selfishness. I gave you a list. Let's look at this. Examine this list very carefully. Pride. Pride is the biggest synon- uh, what's the word? synonym for Satan. The Bible says that the day that we see Satan, we will say, ah! There's one place that the Bible says, ah! In Revelation. When you go home, I'll give you a homework. Go and look for it. We will say, ah! Is this the one that troubles the world. Because the guy, when you see the guy, how many remember Hitler? Hitler was four foot nothing. When Hitler is talking, how many, how many have watched Hitler's speech? Most of big things. But look at him. That, that is how Satan looks like. Pride. 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 When you are exhibiting pride, you are exhibiting Satan's characteristic. Hallelujah. Next one. Scoffing. Don't mind them. Don't mind them, these people. The Bible says that blessed is the man that walks not in the way of sinners, nor stands in the place of scornful people. No, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers. He doesn't, he doesn't walk in the, in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. By his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in therein he meditates night and day. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. What he's saying is that when you don't, when you ignore the first, you can circumvent the first three. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk or, or stand or sit with these people. 
then you're a blessed person because now your mindset and your spirit and your ethos is that of heaven and not that of Satan. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Selfishness is Satan's number one characteristic. And anybody that exhibits that characteristic is Satan's child. I don't care how much tongues you speak. Hallelujah. That's why the, he said that in the last days, people said that we preached in your name. We prophesied in your name. We healed in your name. And you said, depart from me. I know you not. Because you don't have my spirit. You don't have my ethos. I think about others. You are thinking about yourself. You are preaching messages for yourself. That will make you. It's like there are some places when you go, the whole message is all about how you reign. The whole year from, from January to the end. It's all about you. How you'll be abundant, how you'll be blessed, how you'll be blessed. Listen, the Bible called anybody, let, let me say something to you. Anybody that was used significantly by God was used as a medium to bless others. He says that Abraham, I will bless you. Look for that scripture for me. I will bless you until you become a blessing. Did you get that? I will bless you until you become a blessing. I am not calling you just to bless you. My calling to bless you is to make you blessed enough so that you have more to give to others. Hallelujah. I am blessing you with this job so you can bless others. This is the first time God, God comes to talk to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham about four times. The first time was in chapter 12, then chapter 14, then chapter 16, chapter 18. And it's all the same. I will make you great. I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name blessed. Your name great. And you shall be what? I will bless you for you to become a blessing. I'm not blessing you because you're handsome. I'm not blessing you so that you take, you go and uh, build the biggest house for you, you and your family. No, 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 no. I am blessing you so that others can be blessed through you. I'm giving you that job so that you can give to my house for my house to be blessed. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 18, will a man rob God? Yet have you robbed me, all you this nation. And they say, wherein have we robbed you? Then it says that in tithes and in offerings. And then he goes on to say this. Prove me herewith if I will not open. He said, now bring in all the tithes and offerings into the house of the Lord. That there will be what? Food in my house. What is the food in God's house meant for? Oh, I said, what is the food in God's house meant for? Is it for, is it for God to eat? Does God want our physical food? What is it meant for? Oh, talk to me. Hallelujah. Yeah. Selfish people don't pay tithe. Selfish people don't give offering because their the money is not enough for their pockets. Their bills, their, you see you have gone quiet. I know my church very well. I know when to get you. I know when to make you laugh and when to. Selfishness is the reason why you can't pay your tithe. Listen, in the church, only 25% pay tithe. And that is pushing it. In this particular church, 19% pay tithe. Only 19%. Look around you. And there are a lot of people who are not here today. And out of all these people, only 19% pay tithe. Uh, you are preaching a nice topic. Now where you are taking your spot, you are, the, Satan has entered the church. 
And us not wanting to feel guilty, we accuse. Yes, church people, they are greedy. Did you see Pastor Gloria's dress? See, these pastors, they think we are fools. We should, give, we should go and work hard and bring money and get, give to them so that they drive big cars and the scoffing. Scoffing is the characteristic of Satan. Always thinking, has God said you shouldn't eat any, any food? Do you think that Satan didn't know that God had told them to eat everything? A selfish person always thinks that somebody is trying to do one on them. Somebody is trying to cheat them. Somebody is trying to smart, outsmart them. Somebody is trying to play a short, a fast one on them. That is, how, that is how selfish people think. Since I bring in all the tithes into my storehouse so that there will be food. My blessed of the father teams, can you stand? Next week is your is your day. Blessed of the father team, stand. They came to me. I'm reporting them. These guys give me more headache than anybody, any department in the church. These guys. First of all, first of all, my bus that is supposed to be used to bring my church members into church and take them home. They came to me and they said, Pastor, we need transportation to go and bring the food to come and feed the homeless and give to uh, people. So, I, so me, in my kindness, loaned it to them. Then they used it, they used it until they ran it aground. Then they came to me and said, the bus is not, so we should sell it. I said, okay, good, no problem, sell it. So I told them to sell it. Then they came to me. They said, okay, when we sell it, we are going to have X amount of money. But we, we also need a tra uh, transportation. We, when we sell it, we'll buy another. I said, okay, fine, no worry. Sell it, I'll add some more money so we buy a new one. Then they said, okay. They said, okay, you guys go and look for, for the transport. Do you know what type of transport they went to look for? Give me a two-door van. A two-door van. Goods van. Are they standing? Where is their spokeswoman? They are standing far away. Come, let the camera catch you. <laughs> she was the one who said that. Bro she brought, she started looking for a goods van. I had a 17-seater van, van that brings people, 17 people to church and take 17 people. This is the type, this is the exact type of van they are looking for. So that they go and bring food. And the things they need. I was so angry. I said to them that if you don't disappear from in front of me in two seconds, even one pound, you won't see it. But guess what? They need it. They need it. Are you with me? The thing is that the van is not for them. The food they distribute. It's not for them. You know, these guys, after church, you all go home for dinner and you have the whole Sunday. These guys stay here till 6 p.m. because people come to collect food every Sunday. And the homeless come. The people who are struggling, they come every Sunday. They devote their time. Nobody pays them a pound. Nobody gives them anything. They are thinking about others. Most of the time, they use their own money to fuel the van. Most of the time, they use their own money to do things that they won't tell anybody. Recently, they came. They said they wanted my fridge. My small fridge in my small office. 
they came and took my fridge. They said they want a big fridge. Remember, I came to raise money for them. I came to raise money for them. Should I tell you that one too? Or I should? Come here, you two. These are the two corporates. You see, these are the two spokes people. So they came to me. These guys came. The rest can sit down. These are your corporates. These guys came to me and they said, um, we need, we need, because they need an industrial fridge because some of the food, when they go there to the uh, Sainsbury's and all these supermarkets, they give them perishable food. If they don't put them in fridges, they get spoiled. So I said, okay, fine. So you can use the fridge in the kitchen. They said it's not enough. Okay, the fridge in my office, I added it to them. They came back, they said, no, it's not enough. We need. This one, this, their, this is their boss. Stand. This is their boss. She came to me one day and said that we need a freezer today. I said, today is not Sunday. We can't, I can't raise in. She harassed me. I bought the freezer for her that same day. This one. She went and bought a visa. Now, after a few months, they all came back and said, the freezer is too small. We want a bigger one. I see these people. So these two, sit down. These two came. I told you I will get you, didn't I? These two came and said, they want a fridge. I said, okay, how much would the fridge cost? And they said 800. And I said, okay, 800. Let's make it 1,000. So I came to stand here. I brought my face. And then I, please, with my begging bowl, please, everybody give. We are giving for the homeless. So we raised, I think, 1,500, 1,200, 1,500 raised. The church members gave. And I said, okay, here's the money. Uh, they will buy a fridge today. They will buy a fridge tomorrow. They will buy a fridge. So I told them I was going on holiday. I said to them that. If I'm, I'm going, if by the time I come back, you haven't bought the fridge. Because, you see, it's not just this department that chases me for money. I have a lot of departments that chase me for money. And a lot of branches. You see, all the pastors who are sitting there, they, they don't spare me. So I told them that if you don't come quickly, you don't do something with your, your money, it will disappear. Another person will come wanting money and I'll give them your money and that'll be it. Guess what? I came back. They hadn't bought the fridge. So I said, okay. Then one of them, between these two, came. Uh, we have found the fridge. I said, how much? How much did you people say it was? It was 2000 huh? 2000 plus. 2000 plus. You said you wanted a fridge of 800 I stood there and I raised 1,005. Now you come back, you say you want 2,000. I felt like kicking them. But it's not for them. I'm always fighting these two every day. But they are thinking about others. Because it's about, next Sunday is your service. Put your hands together for them. Next Sunday is your service. So I said that we'll get them the van. But we also need our bus. So, but you see, that is why God has given you the job God has given you. So that you would think about others. You don't need a van because you can go to the shop and buy your own groceries. But there are some people who live and depend on the groceries that every week comes from here. They don't have any other. There are some people, if we close this uh, food bank, they will starve. And that is why we have a church. Bringing the tithes and the offerings so that there will be meat in my house. So that others can also benefit. Hallelujah. By a selfish person is always thinking about themselves. 
So they will not give. That is how come in the church, only two pounds comes. Only five pounds comes. The maximum that comes to church is 10 pounds. 20 pounds doesn't come. 50 pounds doesn't come. 100 pounds doesn't come. 200 pounds doesn't come. 2,000 pounds doesn't come. But 2,000 pounds goes to selfridges. One pair of shoes. I talk about 300 pounds. Prince, your shoe, how much is it? <laughs> oh, give me. The, the, give me, give me. Eh? Oh, the, that one, that one. The one that I'm always talking about. 360. He has some white trainers that he wears. When he wears, as if you are walking on space. You don't crease that. You can't crease it. Three, 360, 360 pounds. It's easy. You go to the shop, 360 pounds. When have you given 360 pounds in church as offering? Because that spirit that was introduced to the earth through Satan. And it went into Eve and Adam. Has gone into every child that is born. So you don't have to teach a child to be selfish. When the child starts playing with toys and you buy a toy for them. And their friend comes to Even when they are not playing with a toy. And it's lying there and somebody else goes to touch it. They'll go. Because it's the spirit of Satan in man. Selfishness. Not thinking about others. To, I, I see my grandchildren, I see them. It's like sometimes the thing is lying there. They are not playing with Nobody's playing with it. Then one person comes to touch it. They will leave the one they were playing with and come and fight over this one. Because it's this. Is that spirit that doesn't help us to be exhibit the Christ-like nature in us? Hallelujah. When you marry a selfish person, life becomes difficult. In the last days, perilous times will come because men shall be lovers of themselves. They'll be boasters. They'll be proud. They'll be selfish. They will always scoff. They will always criticize others. Always accusing people. When you're always accusing, the word is unforgiving. Selfish people don't forgive. When you offend a selfish person, I've meant you, you see. When you fall in my trap, you see, I'm waiting for you the day you fall in my trap. Selfish people are unforgiving. Always. Never ever let go. They have forgotten the countless number of times they have offended you and you've forgiven them. That one little offense. They've taken it as World Cup. Stand to your feet. Let's go home. We'll continue next week.